Have you ever thought that being an entrepreneur would be easier than this? For years, I've tried to break free from Rogue Warrior consultant life, only to return time and again in order to survive. What I soon realized is my own isolation and self-doubt was getting in my way, and that my biggest successes, my happiest moments, came through connections with people who cared about me. It's now my mission to make it easier for entrepreneurs like us to connect with incredible human beings who rise up higher together. We are not self-made, we are community-made. But the real question is, how will we do it? This podcast will give you the answers. Join me on this journey as I interview top experts and entrepreneurs who are figuring it out. I'm your host, Jerry Kirk, and you are listening to the Community Forged Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Community Forge podcast. You're with me today, the host, Jerry Kirk, and I have another awesome guest for you, for you to enjoy. I'm really excited because the person on the show today is not only a friend of mine, but he successfully launched and bootstrapped several multi-million dollar businesses without any outside funding. He's worked in over 50 foreign countries. Can you imagine? I, I, I can't even fathom that. And seen firsthand the influence of culture on entrepreneurship. And through his continued research, and with his team, they've created courses, systems, and software, and best practices to assist those with passion for entrepreneurship, a more direct path to their version of success. And today, we're going to explore what that direct path to success looks like. My guest today is the one and only Aaron Stewart. Aaron, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. Yeah, that's always a one and only is always something that causes you, causes you to think, right? <laughs> Yeah. We're we're all we're all unique uh, unique lights on this planet for sure, yeah, and I I've absolutely <laughs> definitely you know enjoy getting to know you through our time in, in in the mastermind program that we're in. Yeah. So, but you know, there's so much more I don't know about you that today I'm going to get that chance to learn more together with our listeners. So, you know, before I ask you, you know, a lot of different questions, I just like to start first a little bit about your your backstory, so people get to know you a little bit more. Um, so, tell us a little bit about uh, your journey. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, again, I'm 50 some odd years old now, 52, I guess. Um, and it's so it's been a long, uh, interesting journey for sure. I, I didn't start out uh, wanting to be an entrepreneur just because my father and grandfather were entrepreneurs and they spent so much time working. But I thought, well, to me, that's what entrepreneurship was all about it was like working, you know, from from daylight to well past dark. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's, you know, going to do it for me. So I kind of went the more tradition. I don't know if it's traditional. It's definitely not traditional in my family where I was the first one to kind of go through and get, you know, a college degree, a, a, a graduate business degree, and then go on and get my doctorate. And that was definitely not the way that my family done it, but it was important to me. And I really felt like that would give me the security that I needed to you know, have a family and do all that. So I went that route and uh, got into international business. I was super fascinated by it. Spent a couple of years as a missionary in Japan. And so learned to speak Japanese and learned to just love this idea of different cultures and how they see the world. And so I continued my studies when I got back and uh, ended up getting a job right out of graduate school where we had um, 56 distributors internationally. And it was a subsidiary of Chevron a chemical company at that time uh, called American Gilsonite. And so I, they put me in charge of the international sales department. And so I had to visit half of our distributors every single year. 
And so I would travel six weeks on and then I'd come home and, and be in the office for two to three weeks and then go back out for six. So I was three quarters of the time on the road in foreign countries, literally just working hand in hand with small time entrepreneurs. I mean, they were just little distributors. We had some big corporate clients in like Germany and Japan and things like that. But if you got into like Pakistan and India and some of the smaller countries, the, the less developed countries, they were just... Um, I just popped in my head this one kid in Romania who was just a, a mover and a shaker. But anyway, mm-hmm. these, these young kids were um, trying to make a living as distributors and really just they were hardcore entrepreneurs trying to make it, you know, just trying to make it on their own, selling different types of products. And we just happened to be in their, in their, in their catalog. And so I went through and did that for a long time, had an unfortunate experience in Pakistan where, um, what happened there? Yeah, I was, uh, I was negotiating a contract and I've got, I've got a book coming out that kind of talks about this, but long story short, we're in the middle of nowhere outside of Lahore, Pakistan, I'm negotiating with this guy who makes ink with the thing. And, and I, I don't, I can't agree to his, his, his negotiation kind of went sideways and he wanted a price that just was, it, it just didn't uh, fit within the quantities that they were purchasing. There was just no way I could do it. And my hands were tied. I mean, this was literally the lowest I could possibly go. I knew nobody would approve it back at the home office. So I told him no. And then I felt a, a gun barrel at the back of my head. Um, from an AK-47. He had four four armed guards in there. And so I agreed to his contract. But at that moment, I thought, you know what? I'm tired of being told where to go and what to do and what to say. And I have no flexibility to negotiate. Now I've got a gun to the back of my head. So that's kind of where I decided, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to go back and figure it out and do things on my own. And I did. I came came back home. I, I put in my two weeks notice. It turns out I wasn't that important. So they gave me an hour to get out of there. And really? Yeah, that was it. I just started, I started from that point forward trying to figure out how to do things on my own. You know, it's, it's, as as I talk more and more to other entrepreneurs through, through the podcast in particular, you know, so many of us have kind of that, that Jesus moment or that, that just that dose of reality where enough's enough. You know, we've been trying to make something work has not been working. And we just reached that breaking point where we just can't continue down that path anymore. Um, yeah, I, I, I could see how an AK-47 in the back of your head would, would tell you that something something's not right here. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't think they were going to kill me, obviously. I mean, I thought that was ridiculous and it was just a, a, a ploy. But it definitely was like, you know what? I'm powerless sitting here. I'm going to agree to this guy. And that's a total lie, right? I can't give him a lower price. Um, I have absolutely no control over where I'm traveling or going. And I'm tired of it. So, yeah. Now, one of the things you mentioned to me earlier is that, I mean, one of the, one of the pluses of doing all this work in all these different countries is if, I mean, being an avid lawyer and a researcher that you are, is you started to really gain some, some insights into the kind of influence of culture on entrepreneurship. So I'm curious to explore that with you. Yeah, it was fascinating to me too. And it definitely, so my fascination, so I had my uh, uh, graduate degree, my master's degree when I had this job. And because of my travels and everything that I saw, I, that's when I decided to go back and get a doctorate. And, and my dissertation was literally on um, the effects of education on culture and one's entrepreneurial perception. So can education, depending on the culture, change somebody's 
understanding of entrepreneurial opportunities within their own country. And, and it was all based on what I saw traveling all over the world, seeing all these you know, movers and shakers and hustlers uh, try to make ends meet. And it was a really cool project. We, we ended up getting research done in over 40 different countries. It was in, um, I, I, I did it jointly with uh, Babson College, who's known, who's very, very um, highly known for entrepreneurial studies. And then Thunderbird, which is where I graduated with my master's degree, International Business School. And so it was really two really cool institutions that would support me in that research. And, and, and because of that, we're able to get some really good data back. And essentially, the data just showed that, you know, cultures that are um, more open to trade and, and then lower developed countries, if you add education, they become more entrepreneurial. So the, the lesson really being that rather than giving countries a bunch of money, to help themselves, we really should provide, be providing them education and support. So you see a lot of these microloan programs that are happening now that are making a difference. I mean, the world is changing rapidly. We don't really talk about it very much, but entrepreneurship is changing the face of this planet. And unfortunately, I think a lot of Western uh, civilizations and stuff don't want to talk about it. Um, but it, it, is a, it is quite amazing what's going on. And, and there's entrepreneurs all over the world that are up and coming in underdeveloped countries. And we're going to hear from them very soon, especially as the internet continues to connect us. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you is, is really focus on creating the right conditions for entrepreneurs to thrive, which includes, you know, proper uh, education, access to, to, to capital, creating that environment where trade flows more easily, just really reducing those barriers as being uh, key. I'm curious, yeah. you know, for, for, for those of us, um, say, who aren't, you know, in a, say a lesser developed country, uh, what, are, what are some of, the, what are some of the, the keys to success that you see to help make entrepreneurship easier, say, in a, in a place like, you know, the United States, for example? Uh, definitely the, the um, opportunities that we have online are increasing dramatically and making possible it's kind of a two it's kind of a two-edged sword going on here we have the use the internet now to make it um, much more possible for any one of us to get out there and share our message but because there's so many more people out there sharing their message it's also becoming uh, a lot more noisy and so i all that that really means is that for us as entrepreneurs we have to make sure that we understand our message and we stay true to it and that it is it is at our core. And then, um, honestly, the quickest way to be successful is to serve way more than you think you should. So offering anything that you learn and anything that you pick up on, being willing to share that and, and put that out someplace where it could actually help some people, that's how, sadly, that is how you get above the fray. Um, the people who serve the most rise to the top. And it's, it sounds counterintuitive, but it is absolutely statistically 100% uh, proven that, that those that share more uh, gain more long-term um, as far as um, followers and you know, very loyal listeners, whether you're publishing or whatnot, a serving is one of the quickest ways to success for an entrepreneur. Interesting. I know 
you know, thinking about people like Russell Brunson and, and Steve Larson, who are like, you know, I'm still learning this and that's, you know, why I've got this, this podcast now going and trying to do more things, just, just the, the power of publishing, for example, right. Where, I mean, publishing is just all about, it's about sharing, it's about giving, it's providing, providing value and just how, you know, I've heard time, time again from entrepreneurs, how that's, you know, been a game changer for them. Alex Charfin even saying that, you know, the biggest thing he ever did for his business was, was creating his podcast. Um, even though at the beginning he had no idea, you know, what impact it was going to have. Um, what, what other examples have you seen where, you know, rising above and, and being that, that, you know, incredible giver has, has made a difference? Yeah, I, I think that you used some really good examples there. But I mean, I, at least in our I mean, communities and around your neighborhood, I mean, I think that there's real world examples everywhere you look. I mean, who's the person in your neighborhood that is, um, you know, most well known? And it's the person that's out there shoveling walks, saying hi, waving to everybody. Um, it, it's, it, it just happens that way all the time. I Even going into to like a grocery store, I mean, there's certain cashiers, um, checkers that I like. And so I will search them out. And go in their line, even if I have to wait a couple, um, a couple people to to see them again and say hello and be personable. And I just think, what's that? You know, that's that's really interesting. So it's it's not just not just um, being giving, but what I'm what I'm getting the sense of is just the connection, right? So if you're going to there, there's that hu- that human side of of interaction that's also really important when you're when you're trying to to build your business. People want people people are more likely to. They buy more often. They're buying you. They're not buying your products and services. And so you've really got to step out there and you know um, develop that relationship with people to serve others. And it's it's through that that then they'll become genuinely interested in in what you have to offer because you've already provided so much value. Yeah, and 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 people are starving for connection, and so the more authentic and genuine that you can be when you are sharing your message. Uh, the better. So I, I really think, I mean, and, and just think about the, the folks that you follow and who you listen to. Um, the super polished, fancy folks, I, I really have no interest in. I mean, I know what they're up to and I know what they're doing. I really like the folks that are kind of down to earth and real and they may not have combed their hair that day or, and will, or thoroughly admit that, um, you know, they're having a bad day. And they're struggling a little bit. I mean, those people are real. And when we have this sort of super artificial kind of way to communicate, you know, online and social media and graphics and, you know, the, it's, you know, social media, the human highlight reel is what I always tell my kids. It's like everybody tries to put their best foot forward. You want to be different and look different? Just put your foot forward. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be your best foot. Just be you. And right. talk about the things you're learning or the things that you failed at and Everybody understands failure. Everybody understands trying. Everybody understands that nobody's perfect. And uh, so quit pretending that we are. And let's just be real. Those are the folks that rise to the top and have really wonderful followings. And uh, the ones that are trying to fake it, you know, there's that fake it till you make it concept. And that doesn't, uh, it doesn't seem to hold true uh, any more in this day and age, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. It's it's all about authenticity now. It's all about it's all about serving and, and making that connection. I'm just curious, Aaron, uh, on your entrepreneurship journey, who's who's been 
who's had the biggest influence for you as you've, as you've grown as an entrepreneur? Um, I would probably say that the people that don't know they've been influences in my life. And it's because it goes back to this, this concept of finding encouragement in places where there's a lot about entrepreneurship that can be pretty lonely. And so finding the, the community or the places or the people where you can find um, encouragement along the journey. And so those are the types of people that have probably influenced me the most, but they're not necessarily ones that would can, that anybody outside of me would say are my mentors, right? So, um, you know, people look at me and look at the degrees and say, hey, you are a entrepreneur expert. You're an expert at business. You're an expert at all these things. Well, that's well and good. But if I don't have a a network to support me and encourage me and keep me going, then I don't have much of a chance. And so I've worked really hard to get good at, at supporting myself, but my, my wife, my kids, my mom, my dad, uh, brothers and sisters, cousins, friends, just people that um, love you because of who you are, know your, your scars, your weaknesses, your bruises, and don't care those are probably the people that will help you the most on this journey. As long as you can continue to communicate with them what's going on and uh, the struggles you're having, those are the people where you will find the encouragement that we all need. It's inbred in us to have, to be encouraged. It's not inbred, it's not inbred in us to um, accomplish goals. I, I think goals are one of the, the worst applied tools known to mankind right now. Um, it's encouragement that gets you there. And I know that we've talked about this before, Jerry, but we talked about my daughter and how she learned to walk. My daughter did not have a goal to walk. Um, but we encouraged her so much at every little thing she did, she eventually did, and talking and all that. And if you talk to people that have lost that ability to walk and talk and had to relearn it, it's not easy. It's one of the hardest things we learn to do as human beings. Mm -hmm. And yet without goals and without anything else, checklists or anything else, my daughter figured it out. We all figured it out. And that yeah, was, it was kind of encouragement. Yeah. I mean, it was really just a, a process of discovery, just discovery. Oh, look, I can, I can move these limbs. Um, yep. <laughs> I can start to, to do these things yeah, and just, and just enjoying, enjoying the, the process, right. With no expectation for how long it's going to take. Just, just being there in the moment and, and celebrating whatever shows up. And, and that would be my other key to shortening success is making sure that you are being, have constant encouragement from whatever, whatever that looks like, whether it's self induced, whether it's um, from other folks, but that encouragement will get you along and goals then become just mileposts not celebratory big experiences where you take the day off or whatever. It's kind of like, okay, I reached it. There's the next one. And we keep going on because all the enjoyment and all the happiness and all the peace and all the calm and all the celebration happened the entire journey. The goal is just to make sure that you're on the right track. And I think if you, as entrepreneurs, really as anybody, but as entrepreneurs, especially, if that's the way we approach entrepreneurship, we've got a real chance. Awesome. And it, yeah. So just kind of seeing the seeing goals and markers really, I mean, just more like a, more like a guidepost, right? Just a, a direction, exactly. a direction to go in, but you know, at the, at the same time, you know, and enjoying that, uh, that each step on the way each day as you're, as you're making steps towards that. I mean, I think a lot about what Tony Robbins says, you know, how we can, we can overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in, in 10. 
you know, like this, there's, it's a, it's, it's a journey and, and it's a process. And, um, you know, we have to, we have to remember that do things with gratitude. Yeah, I ab- absolutely. And I, I personally believe and have at least seen in my own life and in my, the life of those that I've been able to influence. I, I mean, I love to encourage people because um, I, I just believe in that, that principle. And uh, I believe that uh, for anybody who wants to be successful and accomplish things, if you focus more on encouragement in action as opposed to some sort of goal down the road, and suspend enjoyment and happiness and all that until you get to that goal. This is where corporate America is so screwed up. Um, if they did a better job of encouraging everybody along the path, the goal would be reached so much more easily and so much more quickly. But we've got it all backwards. And that's the same with entrepreneurship. You will be more successful more quickly and enjoy the ride um, so much more. Um, and it will be so much more f- fulfilling if you focus on an encouragement and action as opposed to you know, holding your breath until you get somewhere and then exhaling when you get there and taking the day off like you've accomplished something. That is a very bad way to live. Yeah, great. So what are, what are some of the ways that, that you build in that um, encouragement on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, so it started really um, when I kind of came across this and realized that it was really going to be an uphill battle because society, we're just not built that way to encourage people. I mean, from our our kids, and I know in previous discussions we've had, like, you know, like, like my kids used to not get any sort of encouragement unless they did something. So if they took out the trash, we could say, good job. Or sometimes we wouldn't even say that because that was their chore. Well, why, why would I encourage somebody? Why would I tell them good job when it was just something they should be doing all along? And they missed it last week, for heaven's sake. So, <laughs> um, so no, I'm not going to give them any, any kudos for that. That's where we kind of mess things up and society does the same thing to all of us. And so that's the first thing that you have to realize. I think you have to kind of take responsibility for your own encouragement. If you don't, and especially if you don't have a really good network, but I I literally have talked to my family and friends and tried to be more encouraging and have asked them for encouragement back Um, because I know that that's what we all thrive on. And that's what we are rate. That's how we were motivated and raised to accomplish stuff. And then that whole network is taken away. And it's, it's kind of sickening if you think about it. But so the first step is I, I had like, a, so I'd write down a, a list of things that I wanted to get accomplished. And then I tried to keep track of all the effort that I put forth. And so um, if I like driving to work, well, that counts, right? Because at work, I've, at work, I've got some goals and things. Well, I would driving to work. And then I draw a line on a piece of paper to what that was helping me accomplish. So the goals at work or whatever, um, you know, at, you know, I want to lose uh, 20 pounds. So, uh, drinking a, a thing of water, drinking water. Well, that helps me with my weight control, right? So, okay. Drinking water. Nice job, Aaron. Draw a line to what goal that. So I started to tie effort to little things, little outcomes that I was hoping to achieve someday. And at first, I needed that just because I'd become so goal-focused. But eventually, the goals became less important. And it just became about any good thing that I did, any effort I put forward, I got better at recognizing it. And just saying in my head or even out loud, I'm alone a lot, so I do talk to myself almost constantly. I would literally say, nice job, bud. Good job, Aaron. And it was amazing how if you say that enough to yourself, um, you can be your you can be your biggest fan. 
and you can change your mindset pretty quickly. So just making sure that we recognize the effort that we're putting forth and not ever um, getting at the end of the day and looking at a checklist and going, my gosh, I had 10 things to do and I accomplished two. What is wrong with me? Instead, the whole day should be, oh, I, I, I did this and this and this and this and I worked on that. And I put forth all this effort. Wow, that was great. Then that's it. That's where it stops. Okay. So what I'm getting from that is, is just be mindful of all the things that we're doing, celebrating, giving, even just talking to ourselves, right? It starts yeah. with ourselves, give ourselves those words of encouragement and, and, that's the foundation for, for building in some, some gratitude and, and encouragement. So awesome, Aaron. I really appreciate that. Um, we've covered a lot of things today. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as always, never know quite where we're going to go when we have our conversations. There's just so many things you're, that you're fascinated by. I really appreciate you sharing about your, your passion around entrepreneurship and, and how to help people uh, be more successful on, on their journey. Um, Again, how, how can people find out more, more about you and, and more about your journey as you continue to discover and, and learn things with the world? Because you're certainly one of those people who, uh, you know, is a, is a giver. And uh, I'd love for people to find out more about you. Oh, thanks, Jerry. I appreciate that. Yeah, if you go to uh, um, that's kind of my hub where I have a lot of different stuff. And so I do a live show on Facebook from it's called The Little Black Couch, um, it's, which is named after this little black couch that I've had pretty much my whole entrepreneurial journey. And it, it's quite a, um, it's like my Swiss army knife. It really does everything for me. So um, there's, but that's the place to go. I've got my golf podcast and different things we're working on entrepreneurship wise, uh, different systems and processes and automations and trainings on all the different types of software we use. You can find it all there at uh, drerenstuart.com. Awesome. Great, Eric. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it. Always good to talk to you. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so, be sure to click on the subscribe button in your app so you never miss a future episode. And when you leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen, you help more people discover and then transform their lives through the powerful life-changing stories on this podcast. I invite you also to share something that you heard in this episode that you would love to turn into a conversation. Share it with people and have that conversation. Because when ideas become conversations that build connections, that's when momentum happens. I'll see you in the next episode.